Hey, Sasha. Hi, Courtney. Wow, Sasha, you sound different than you usually do. I sure do. Do you have an announcement? Yes. So what you're about to hear isn't a new episode of Spoop Hour. It's actually revisiting our awesome time at the live stream for the cure bit we did. So when you listen to this, you'll hear a mysterious third voice. That's Nick from the Epic Film Guys, who put the whole event together and is generally amazing and was moderating for us. So come test your knowledge of urban legends from our live stream for the Cure segment. And we will be back hopefully next week with a regularly scheduled episode. Anything else to add, Sasha? No, Courtney, you did great. Also, thanks for continuously firing me from the podcast. You're right. I'm wrong about pickles. Thanks, Sasha. So uh, I believe the ladies from Spoop Hour are ready to rock and roll. Daniel has given me uh, this sums up. So let us open up the thingy here. Oh. There we go. Let them in. Hello, ladies. Hello. How are you today? <laughs> Words are so hard. Oh, my God. How are you ladies Ew. today? We're great. It's okay. It's not live. We'll just edit it out in post. <laughs> uh, just, yeah, save me a few pieces of it, Dan. Thank you. Um, so uh, before we get in, because you guys have a lot of fun stuff planned for us today, I know. So uh, before we get into that, can you let us know uh, a little bit about what Spoop Hour is all about? Sure. Well, first, we have to start off a very specific way. So, hey, Sasha. Hey, Courtney. What kind of plant is most excited for this live stream for the Cure segment? Hmm. I don't know. Which plant? Bam. Boo. <laughs> That's right. It's Spoop Hour. It's so Spoop Hour. We are a paranormal comedy podcast hosted by two Halloweenies, as you can see on your screen. This one's Courtney. This one's Sasha. We are on the internet at Spoop Hour on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us your firsthand ghost stories, pictures of your pets, anything spooky that's happened to you ever in your life, weird dreams you had, and that's spoophour at gmail.com. So find us on your local podcatchers. We find the the humor in fear, basically. That's what we do. We laugh through the fear. We're scared all the time. All the time of everything. (laughs) The only answer is to laugh. Yeah. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially especially these days, I don't think we can uh, we can really do anything but. But uh, mm-hmm. ladies, uh, you have a whole bunch of fun stuff planned for us today. So what have you got? What have you got in store for us? Well, first, we're going to be doing a sticker giveaway. If you donate during the segment, and if you are the highest dollar donor, or if you're the only person who donates, which is another fear of mine, <laughs> don't worry about it. You will get the complete set of chunky cryptid stickers. Look how cute they are. Ooh. We got a jackalope, we got a mothman, a chupacabra, even got a Jersey Devil. We'll mail them to you along with a cute thank you card, some spoop hour stickers, and you'll have raised money for a good cause. Yep. But that's boring. Who cares? Let's do a game. <laughs> Let's do a game. Love so, games. If you joined us last year, we played the game Beyond Booly, Fact or Fiction, based on our favorite terrible 90s show. We're bringing it back this year. So this is a game to test how well you can tell the difference between urban legends and things that actually happened. Ooh. And I'm very bad at this game. Everyone is. Well, I'm I, be so I, bad. Want, I want to believe, basically. And a lot of things, or I either want to believe or I don't want to believe. And then I just end up thinking the wrong one is the actual thing. Yeah, it is guess, something. Uh, truth is stranger than fiction. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's yeah. what I like. I designed this game, and even still looking at it now, I was like, wait, that was real? Am I sure? <laughs> So, first of all, big thanks to, ready for this source dump, it's crazy, 
BuzzFeed, Business Insider, Newsweek, Wikipedia, our beloved, Snopes, mm-hmm. BootlegBetty.com, Super Reputable, <laughs> Washington Post, Only in Your State, Burrows of the Dead, Insider.com, HauntedJourneys.com, Earned and Legends Online, Vermonter.com, Get Pocket, I'm Not a Proud Woman, HistoryExtra.com, <laughs> and WhatCulture.com. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't like Urban Legends. Dot blogspot.co. 12. Dot, yeah, you know, yeah. like. <laughs> some of the more reputable sites that we use. We just had Drew Hallam drop a $20 donation in there for you. So he loves you ladies. Thank you so Thanks, much. Drew. Thank you. Drew with the real feels pod. <laughs> Big fans of Drew. All right. Are we ready to play? I'm ready. We are. Okay. So for each one, you're just going to have to say fact or fiction. That's okay. it. Simple mm-hmm. rules. After the success of her green Versace dress on the red carpet, Jennifer Lopez went to extraordinary lengths to preserve the memory of her hotness. She took an insurance policy out on her entire body. She even took out an additional policy on her greatest ass at her butt. Fact. It's fact. <laughs> it's fiction. What? I know. J-Lo, J-Lo has, got that shit insured. I know. Like, if not now, then when? She's very publicly denounced this as an urban legend since it started running in 1999. But she does say it's very funny that people believe it's a real thing. <laughs> I've got to get this. Uh, I've got to get this in here for myself every single time that I'm wrong. Hang on, here we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> See, the chat thought it was a fact too. The chat all said fact. Oh damn! I don't know what to tell you guys. The game is. I thought that was going to be the easiest one. So y'all are in for a wild ride. Okay. <laughs> When the bodies of two men were found outside Rio de Janeiro on August 20th, 1966, the city was captivated. They were seemingly staged. The bodies were arranged next to each other wearing fancy suits, waterproof coats, and lead eye masks. The note found next to the bodies was full of odd instructions, and the autopsy did not reveal any injuries. The murders are still unsolved to this day. Fact or fiction? Fact. fact. It is fact. This is the lead masks case, which is huge among conspiracy theorists because it's unsolved. We love unsolved cases. Just leading theories include aliens, something called scientific spiritualism, and of course, psychedelic drugs. Gotta love them. Gotta love the psychedelic drugs. Thank you very much, Alan from Interrupted Tales for a ten dollar donation. You oh. said I want to believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> I'm very. I'm the skeptical one on our podcast, but I would like to believe. I just don't. (laughs) In the early days of Blackberries, the phone, not the fruit. Okay. A weird technology quirk that meant that if you dialed 999 and hung up before anyone picked up, your phone would charge a little bit. And for Americans in the chat, 999 is the UK version of 911. Fiction. Fact. Sasha has it. It's fiction. (sighs) Let's hear it. (laughs) Going to hear that a lot the next hour. (laughs) So this UK urban legend originated because Blackberries would limit services in times of low battery to only allow calls to emergency services. So if your battery got low, it would restrict what you could use your phone for. Uh Somehow that turned into a rumor that if you then called emergency services, your phone would magically charge. Obviously, that's not that's not yeah. going to happen. The police had to do a whole campaign in the UK to get people to stop wasting emergency service resources. Because if you call emergency services and hang up, they have to call you back to make sure you're okay. Okay, yeah. And, you know, emergencies. Emerg- right. So 
<laughs> oh, also, I should warn you. My camera flashes green because my laptop's haunted. Nice. Okay. So if you see that, I'm not dying. It's just the ghost. It's just the ghost. The ghost is like, hey, I want to be. I want to be on the live stream. Yeah, I'll do what I always do. Like, it's fiction. I'll just do what I always do. I'll just blame Justin. It's always usually Justin's fault. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Justin. Yeah. In the late '80s, fire authorities in California found an unusual corpse in a tree while assessing damage from a wildfire. The deceased was a man wearing a wetsuit, dive tank, flippers, and a face mask. After an autopsy was performed, it was determined that the man died when he had been scooped up with nearby ocean water and dropped via helicopter to control the blaze. Fact or fiction? <laughs> Somehow, I like can vision like I feel like I've heard this one before, but I can't remember if it's real or not. It sounds like an episode of Pushing Daisies, honestly. <laughs> yeah, actually, really. Does. <laughs> <laughs> um, fiction. I'm gonna say fact. It's fiction, Nick. You're killing me. Oh, no. We did get a five dollar donation from Bridget, and she said, "Cheers from Ireland." Hi, Bridget. Yay! Yay. Hi, Bridget. <laughs> okay, so this is an urban legend, and it's been told as being having occurred in either California or France. There is no record of it having actually happened, and it is likely physically impossible. So, if you're a scuba diver, don't worry. The <laughs> intakes for the water bombers that are used for wildfires. Je- the biggest opening you'll get is about one foot in diameter, which okay. is way too small for a human being to get sucked up into. So don't worry. But animals could. I mean, yes, fish yes, could. Fish could. Okay. Sorry, fish. <laughs> Womp. <laughs> Fashion restrictions led to bloodshed in the early 20th century. Every year, men were pressured to ditch their straw hats of summer for more distinguished felt hats. In 1922, riots broke out and thousands were injured as a result of the right to wear whatever hat you wanted. Fiction. Fiction. That sounds fake. <gasps> it's fact, you guys. <sighs> the straw hat riots were a real thing that happened. <laughs> so Melissa from Brook Reading said she's going to donate again and her girlfriend just subscribed to Spoop Hour from listening to their spot here. She loves all things spooky and thinks you two are really cool. Oh, thank you. you. Think you're cool. And I hope you knew that. What's crazy? This is my favorite fact about the straw hat riots. Sure. The way they would shame you if you wore a straw hat after like Labor Day is they would take it off your head, throw it on the ground, and stomp on it. Oh yeah, because you can't like break like, it. What the hell do you think you're doing, you straw hat monster? <laughs> a flight from Scandinavia to the United States had to make an emergency landing, and Sasha, I had this. I picked this one with you in mind. Okay. It had to make an emergency landing when a woman managed to get stuck. To the toilet due to an ill-timed high-pressure vacuum flush. (laughs) The woman filed a complaint with Scandinavian Airlines System after the rescue crew and ground technicians had removed her from the toilet. Fact or fiction? I want this to be real so badly. (laughs) It sounds horrible for her, but I just need it to be real. Fact. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm the same way. I really need this to be true. Fact. (laughs) You're both terrible at this game. Oh damn. Yeah, I saw the toilet and I was like, well, this is going in the game. game. It originated in January 2002 and is likely the result of an airline exercise with the crew. So it's like, what do you do if an emergency happens? Like, say, a woman gets stuck to the toilet. But Uh, it's called the Sky Toilet Incident and it's lived on in digital urban legends. So it's the kind of thing you get an email forward from your grandma about. Thank you very much, (laughs) Melissa from Brook Reading for a $10 donation. Thank you. 
Thank you. Police made a grisly discovery upon stopping a couple near the England-Wales border. The two were carrying a suitcase. Upon searching the suitcase, they discovered human remains zipped Uh. into the bag. Fact (laughs) or fiction? Fact. Fact. It is true. This happened a mere three weeks ago. Sasha, we did it. Wait, we did it, but it was three weeks ago? It was three weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the couple were in their, I want to say their late 20s, and they had a dead body in a suitcase, like you do. I don't like that. You shouldn't. In this, in 2020, like... May 2020, I think it was on the 7th or 8th, somewhere around there. One of my murder groups posted it, and I was like, well, I know where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about me being in murder groups. It's fine. In 1841, three men were put on trial for the murder of their friend. Purportedly, their friend was very wealthy, and the brothers were accused of having murdered him to obtain his money. But the trial came to a grinding halt when an unexpected witness appeared. The murder victim, who wasn't actually dead. Fact or fiction? Fact. I want this to be real. (laughs) I'm going to say fiction. Nick, come on, it's fact. Oh, damn. You ready for the fakest sounding part of this story? Defense attorney was young Abraham Lincoln. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's the tale of the Trailer Brothers and Archibald Fisher. So, look that up. It's crazy. I really enjoyed young adventures of Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) A chance meeting with an opera singer turned into inspiration for a factory worker and German immigrant living in New York City in 1912. When the two talked women's undergarments, like you do, the man (laughs) applied his factory know-how, and thus, the bra was pioneered by a man named Otto Titzlinger. (laughs) Fiction. (laughs) I also believe that's fiction, yes. It it is fiction. Yay! Yay! This came from an old-timey collection of, like, comedic essays. The guy who invented the modern bra did not have titslinger in his name I, he really should have though like that should have been realistically titslinger and the story was like super believable allegedly the opera singer was like I hate wearing corsets because it makes it hard to do opera singing because I need sure. to breathe and he was like I know what to do and he made a bra you know as you do <laughs> as you do <laughs> I invent the bra three times a week titslinger legally changing my name a Los Angeles native built his own flying contraption using only a lawn chair bought from Sears and 45 weather balloons. The man successfully flew thousands of feet in the air and was eventually fined by the FAA for disrupting air traffic. Fact or fiction? Let's say fact. I'm going to say fact as well. It's a fact. <gasps> Yay, we did it. Yay. <laughs> This real-life up starred Larry Walters, who was 33 and a Vietnam War vet. He had wanted to fly to his home in the Mojave Desert in his lawn chair. Awesome. He got up so high, too, because like he, he got to like air traffic levels, which is why yeah. the FAA got involved. Can you even imagine being up that high in a well, lawn chair? Up, yeah, no, that's that's what's scary is when, when I like it occurred to me, like, oh, in a lawn chair, like... I fall out of lawn chairs on the ground. Like my family had the ones growing up that had those like plastic lines. Yeah. And oh, yeah. you know, your butt gets stuck in them because the, the <laughs> line things separate and then you're like, oh no, I'm trapped. <laughs> now imagine you're 30,000 feet off the ground. Why? Uh, <sighs> People. God. 
A small town north of Sydney, Australia, saw a birth rate three times higher than the average for the rest of the country for an unusual reason. The small town was on the route of a major railway, and the overnight mail train always stopped at the same time, 4 a.m., meaning that every day at 4 a.m., the train would sound its whistle. The townspeople felt that this was too early to get up and too late to go back to sleep, so they found other ways to occupy themselves. <laughs> and thus, baby boom. Fact or fiction? I mean, I'll always vote fact for just sexual escapades. For yeah, I'll, I'll say fact, though it sounds very outlandish. It's fiction, but oh, it is damn. my new favorite urban legend. <laughs> it's too... too- early to be awake too late, <laughs> late to, go to go back, back to sleep. sleep what do you want to do both of my roommates came down while i was doing this game and i was like you guys have you heard about this <laughs> anyway there are variations on this story my favorite one is set in new england where it's not a train but a steamship that has the terrible foghorn on boats oh my oh. <laughs> like, well i guess we got a bone <laughs> But it is partially based on other rumors that are linked to a factual event, which is the Northeast blackout of 1965. But there's no actual reported evidence of there being a baby boom after that. People were just like, well, it was dark, so we assume they boned. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't have the internet. What else are we going to (laughs) do? Oh, my. My God. Procter and Gamble landed in hot water when their Moon and Stars logo was found to bear a striking similarity to a satanic symbol. But when confronted with the evidence, the president of P&G refused to redesign the packaging. On a morning show, he said that, quote, there are not enough Christians in the U.S. to make a difference. Fact or fiction? <laughs> oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> like actually throwing me for a loop. Fiction. Fact. Nick, you did it. It's okay. fiction. I won. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Sasha, we literally talked about this like three weeks ago. That, that's why. Okay, so I was like, <laughs> that's why it sounded familiar. It sounds familiar, and I was. I think I was thinking about the um the Snapple incident too. Yeah, the Snapple incident was. Yeah, also we talked. So, we talked about this. Yeah, this happened in the eighties <laughs> because the Procter and Gamble logo did used to have a moon and stars, but it had no satanic affiliation. The daytime story that broke the story never had the president of Procter and Gamble on and he yeah. absolutely did not say I'm giving most of the profits to the Church of Satan and also screw you Christians there's not enough of you to make a difference. Yeah, I don't know why I said fact then. Yeah, even when he said when there's not enough Christians to make a difference, I was like that That sounds States. like something your grandma <laughs> sounds, forwards to you. Yeah. Maybe not my grandma. My grandma's pretty smart. No. No, she's my she grandma. Who doesn't use the internet? <laughs> <laughs> she got AOL instant messenger once. That was a terrible time for all of us. When American (laughs) Airlines Flight 587 crashed in New York, not one, but both of New Jersey's winning pick three lottery combinations featured the numbers five, eight, and seven. Fact or fiction? Fiction. Fact. It is fact. Nick is crushing you, Sasha. Wow. Nick is the new host. Sorry, I'm I'm firing you again. You hired me before. I've always made my way back. (laughs) It's just a super weird coincidence, but the winning numbers that day were 587 and 578. Interesting. Towards the end of the Cold War, 
Mao Zedong offered an unusual gesture of friendliness to then National Security Advisor Henry Kissinger. The two were talking trade agreements when Mao offered to give the United States 10 million women as a gift. Fact or fiction? <laughs> 10 million. Fiction. 10 million women? 10 million uh, women. Fiction. Uh, fiction. It's fact. What the fuck? I know. I hate it. Oh, no. That's the noise my soul made when I read this. Because yeah. I was like, this has to be some like red scare bullshit. No, no. It was casual misogyny during trade agreements. Kissinger reportedly said back, we will have to study it. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I don't know if I uh, shouted it out, but Mario in the bar did make a donation uh, just a moment ago. $22.39. So we're Ooh. now at $14,565. We're $435 wow. away from $15,000. Let's do it, guys. I feel the opposite about that, how I feel about this fact about Henry Kissinger yeah, and Mal that, like, I, I was like this for a second. Yeah, I was like, I'm back up. Yeah. I was like, wait, this is supposed to be a fun game, Courtney, but now I'm good. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> the Dudley family was rumored to be cursed after Edmund Dudley was beheaded for conspiring against King Henry VII. The sons of Edmund brought their curse with them to the New World when they established Dudleytown, Connecticut. Dudleytown was the site of calamity, including crop failures, business catastrophe, and murder. Making matters worse, the brothers found a mystical book they believed opened the gates to hell, and they eventually sank into madness. Dudley Town is now abandoned. Fact or fiction? Wow, I want this to be real. Fact. I'm going to say fiction. Nick's got it. It's fiction. <laughs> Damn, I wanted it to be real so bad. <laughs> Dudley Town does have a spooky reputation and it is a real place. Okay. So in a way it's true. But the spooky reputation is founded on a dubious connection because the Dudleys who founded Dudley Town are not the same Dudleys who uh, got beheaded by King Henry VII. Okay. Most likely what doomed the town was that the soil was not suited for agriculture, so of course your crops are going to fail. Sure. And it was far away from clean drinking water, which you need to survive. Yeah. It was just bad planning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> As ever, the real crime is city planning. Right. <laughs> People were shook when a series of spheres with unexplained markings carved into them turned up in South Africa. The spheres were seemingly manufactured by intelligent beings and varied in size. The carvings were different on each sphere, prompting speculation that they had an out-of-this-world origin. <laughs> Fact or fiction? Who's going to keep doing this? Make it more spooky. Uh... Fiction. I'm going to also say fiction. It's fact. I told you. Sasha has known. I've been talking for weeks about how in doing this game, I was like, what the fuck is happening out well, there? Yeah. How is this real? So these are called the Clerksdorp Spheres, <laughs> which sounds like a made up name, <laughs> but it's genuine. They're the Clerksdorp Spheres. And they have ufologists saying they're from aliens. And like you can look at pictures of them online. They're, they're perfectly round things that have like elaborate carvings. But it's actually the result of just like a weird thing that naturally occurs with geology called concretions. And I read the Wikipedia page for concretions, and that's all I can say about it. <laughs> it's something about like the way it gets compressed or whatever. It creates okay. like these lines and then like stuff breaks and then like it gets round because of magic or something. 
And then because of magic, yeah. <laughs> geologists agree. It's magic. Geologists. <laughs> Four out of five geologists agree. These balls are magic. <laughs> we had a thirty dollar donation from Maca six eight. Thank you so much for the donation. Thank you. Thank you. Nobody's donating ten million women though. What we really want. Not, I mean, not yet. <laughs> That's true. We'll see. The ghost of Maldedong is like you ran. I don't know why he's like British in the afterlife, but here we are. I don't know how I'm going to collect them if they donate them, though. So I. Oh, that's true. It's probably like fairy gold, where like the next day it disappears, and if you like touch it to iron, it's like. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Lake Lanier in Georgia earned a spooky reputation due to a disproportionately high frequency of boating accidents and even mysterious murders. There's even rumors of a ghostly presence and an evil catfish that drowns divers and eats dogs. Those are just rumors. All of these are linked to the lake's origins. During its construction, families and cemeteries were displaced. Fact or fiction? I'm going to say fact. I'm going to say fact. This is cool. It's spooky. I Yeah, I agree. I think it's fact. It's fiction. Damn. Oh, I was like, no. I, could, I, could, I could envision... Like people and cemeteries and stuff being like pushed out of the way for like a vacation spot. Yeah. yeah. Well, part of it is I should give you guys partial credit. It okay. is a man-made lake and it did displace a cemetery, but it probably isn't actually like cursed or anything. The okay. high number of boating accidents and mysterious murders. People drink when they boat. <laughs> lake Lanier is known as a party lake. Okay. So yeah. it's really people just getting drunk around a body of water. And then when you get drunk around a body of water, bad things happen. Yep. No drinking boat. It's a simple rule. It's, it's like another motor vehicle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but do it's it. one on a big body of water where you could drown and bad yeah. things can happen. <laughs> also, I love that it's called a party lake. A lot of source. I read like three sources that called it a party lake. Party lake. <laughs> I was like, oh. When the mayor of Stull, Kansas, was murdered in the 1850s, so kick it at old school, the town fell into chaos. <laughs> the Evangelical Emmanuel Church was taken over by the devil, heavy air quotes, and <laughs> Satanist. Satan himself was regularly cited within city limits, and townspeople regularly lost their memory for no discernible reason, earning the town its reputation as the gateway to hell. The Pope even adjusted his flight path after a trip to Colorado <laughs> so he wouldn't fly over the cursed ground. Oh, no. Fact or fiction. Okay. Oh, my God. I I'm not fiction. doing well at this game, but I'm going to say fiction. It's fiction. You both okay, got it. Okay. Right? <laughs> no, I was like, if this is real, I... Too much I, devil talk for it to be real. Like, I'll quit. <laughs> you ready for what's the best part about this story? It started... In a 1974 edition of the University of Kansas's newspaper. So it was just college kids oh. writing a spooky story. And then it got blown up kids. into this whole satanic urban <laughs> legend. Because college kids were probably around Halloween like, we'll be funny. Then let's go down to the party lake and kick it. But <laughs> still never even had a mayor because it's a town and you don't get mayors in town. Or something <laughs> like that. I think they had a governor, but they didn't have a mayor. Those something. damn kids. They're like a... Little council, town council. Standing on my lawn saying they see Satan every time. (laughs) (laughs) When a strange woman showed up in the village of Almondsbury in southwest England, locals were transfixed. She spoke an unrecognizable language and was dressed in dusty and well-used clothes. 
Weeks later, she was identified as a lost princess who had been kidnapped by pirates before escaping. But then there was yet another twist. She wasn't a lost princess, but a servant masquerading as a lost princess to stick it to the aristocracy. Fact or fiction? Please be real. <laughs> um, I think fact. Yeah. When when you said mysterious woman into a small town, I was like, I mean, whom's among us? <laughs> Has among been, us. Like the strange woman who's walked into a town. Um, yeah, I want this to be real. Fact. Fact, we stand a legend. Yay! No more class war. This happened in the 1800s, and the successful bamboozling was perpetrated by Mary Baker, a cobbler's daughter. So this is one of the stories I got from Pocket, and, like, usually Pocket doesn't get my goat, but I saw, like, a lost princess in the 1800s, and I'm like... Don't mind if I do. And then, like, so the reason why she got found out, so she was speaking gobbledygook, like, just making yeah. shit up. People were like, Shut I don't know what people. language this is. And they were like, we can't understand you. Well, what makes it crazy and why they eventually believed that she was a princess was a sailor verified her identity. And he was like, this is a lost princess that I've heard about. And he, I think he was uh, Portuguese. So he's like, she's speaking Portuguese. She wasn't. <laughs> and she's this lost princess from this whatever island nation. Pirates got her and she got all dusty and whatever because she jumped overboard and now she's here. So then everybody's like, ooh, princess, let's treat her nice. She got taken in by the aristocracy. They like dressed her up pretty, whatever. But then a woman recognized her and was like, I'm pretty sure her dad used to work for me. That's <laughs> and, funny. and sure enough, yeah, Mary Baker, the cobbler's daughter. Huh. <laughs> so what no one has an explanation for is what the hell the sailor's deal was. Because Mary did not, it seemingly did not conspire with him. Like, okay, and then after a week, you're going to roll up and say that I'm a real princess. He was just a dude who was like, yeah, she's a princess. I understand what she's saying. <laughs> And that's, that's my, so funny. Favorite. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't conspiring. No, he was just like so like solid on her bullshit that he was like, this is probably Portuguese, a language I speak. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I had a lot of fun. Making- yeah, no, because like the last few weeks of us like recording you've been like i need to tell you all this stuff but i can't because we have to wait for may 31st and i came very close to telling you this one on our most recent episode because i can't even remember how we were talking about doomsday principles and how people just like believed someone who was like new in town and i was like oh it's like that woman who was pretending to be a print but i couldn't say it because you didn't know but now you know so we're good In the 1940s, a Nazi defector earned the nickname Unsinkable Sam after he survived the sinking of his Nazi ship and took shelter on a British ship that had sunk it. Later in the war, that British ship sank, but once again, Unsinkable Sam survived. Finally, he was deployed on yet another British ship, which also sank, but Unsinkable Sam survived again. Best part? Unsinkable Sam was a cat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say fiction. I bet this has like a grain of truth in it, but like you. Sorry, you guys froze for a hot second. Oh, I'm back now. Okay. Um, (laughs) Nick, I will say that no matter what you say. I will change history if need be. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, I like okay. It's a cat. 
It's a cat. And he was also a Nazi defector? Yep. So he, he started was... out on a Nazi ship. Okay. So he's well... a Nazi cat. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's say fact. I would yeah. say oh, this is like yeah, I swashbuckling think, kitty. I think fiction. I think fiction. It's fact. Oh my oh, god. No. We stand another legend. Cat knows better than to hang out with Nazis. Yeah, so he started out being named Oscar and he eventually retired from being a ship cap and was adopted by a sailor. Oh. And he lived for like another 14 years after he retired. Good job, Cat. You know, he's a top-notch like war guy. Yeah. And they kept playing it because you had a, you, all these ships had a rodent problem back then, so sure, it was yeah. practice to have a cat on there, right? To, you know, eat some rats. And Unsinkable Sam made the right choice and defected, and then he lived out his days all happy. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just so get cute. really emotional thinking about this cat. And there are pictures of him online. I think he's a little black and white cat. He's real Aww. cute. Google that everyone. A little black and white cat is my cat. Yeah. Oh. My fellow's cat is also black and white. And I could see him defecting from the Nazis and doing yeah. the right thing and surviving a bunch of sinking ships. Also, I know that no one cares about this except probably you, but uh, Agate was adopted like three weeks ago. Aww. Yeah, so her. I'm excited. We were talking out there about Sasha getting another cat. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically my cat's sister. But, um, but she's she got cat. adopted. Yep. Mm-hmm. And hopefully not by Nazis. Right. I mean, hopefully. That's all we hopefully. can hope for. If not, she can always defect, and then the yeah. British will pick her in. I'll, I'll find her. I'll pick her up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the next Indiana Jones movie, but it's just Indiana Jones going to rescue a cat from Nazis. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> it's going to be better than Crystal Skull. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, yeah, Anybody have Steven Spielberg number? Better than Crystal Skull. A father and son were caught in a house fire in the late 1940s. The son survived the initial blaze, but was terribly burned. The son snapped as a result of his injuries and flayed his father's corpse while the house burned. When the police eventually arrived, the son was so burnt he was presumed dead. But instead, he escaped into the woods. Fact or fiction? What the fuck? Yeah, I know. I'm realizing now I should have done the cute cat one after this terrible one. Yeah. <laughs> I really built us up and then just like absolutely destroyed us. So, so he's in the house fire and he's badly burned. He and his dad and both were. His dad died. Takes, takes the time still in this burning house to No, they got out. Oh, they got he, out. He dragged his dad's body out and then and he just flayed it. Snapped and just lay flayed. Uh, oh God, I want this to be fake. Oh God. I really I want it like, to be fake too, but I think it's real. I'm I think it's fact. real fact. It's fiction. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Oh. This is the urban legend. You still get the horn. But, yeah. Yeah, but, but it's like a relief horn. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the happy fog horn that means it's time to do it at four in the morning. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the urban legend of the Charman, not to be confused with Charmander, Charmander. a great Pokemon, Outside Ojai, California, spawns sightings every so often, usually among campers who see him approach their tents or claim to spy him hitchhiking, but there's no record of it actually happening. So it's just like the standard, like, who stole my golden arm? But it's a guy who was on fire and flayed his dad's corpse, which makes it horrible. God. Californian hikers, can't you just do who stole my golden arm like a regular person? Right. Uh. Also, what are you doing camping? I mean, camping in California is pretty fun. That's true. Yeah, I'll say that much. Fewer bugs. Yeah. Anyway. I like going up to Mount Shasta. Yeah. 
anyway. I diet soda. <laughs> <laughs> Move over, Black Death. For around a year in the 6th century, Europe went dark. An apocalyptic dust cloud swept the continent after a volcanic eruption triggered massive storms. The dust cloud caused harsh winters, freezing summers, and wiped out nearly one-third of Europe's population. Fact or fiction? I think fact. I can't yeah, fact. trying to think, but I can't remember. It is a fact. Yeah. Okay. This happened in 536. The dust cloud lingered for 12 to 18 months. In some regions, the death rate was as high as 90%. Do, do you remember when we recorded our Doomsday episode last week and yes. I said sometime in the 100s? Yes. When you said 536, I was like, that's, that's not real. Not real. <laughs> <laughs> this is another thing I almost talked about on accident. Because yeah. <laughs> like you were talking about a cloud and I was like, well, there was that cloud that made Europe dark for a year, but I couldn't say, couldn't say that. No, it was real. Yeah. <sighs> That's it's so hard to talk to you sometimes, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a good place to air our beef. Right? <laughs> Got a lot of problems with you people. Rumors <laughs> of haunting at Nebraska's Centennial Hall have a grim origin. In 1944, a student at the high school suddenly died. Initial reports guessed that she had a heart attack, but then an autopsy was performed, and she was found to have been poisoned. Poisoned the investigation, spell. yes. For the crazy part, the investigation eventually led to one source: the girl's clarinet reed, which had been soaked in the stuff. The culprit was never found. Fact or fiction? Yo, that's so mean! You soaked someone's reed in poison. <laughs> Rude. Reeds are gross enough to begin with. Brass instruments all the way, but. You know, Can't you just give them your women like a normal person? I know. Be like, let's be friends. I have 10 million women. You have a clarinet. Let's make something happen here. I'm going to say fact. Uh, yeah, I want to say fact. Is it fiction? She's Pause looking at for me. dramatic effect while I drank something. <laughs> it's fiction. Oh, damn. I was hoping Nebraska had spooky. <laughs> it is rumored to be haunted like Centennial Hall is a haunted place that used to be a high school but there isn't any historical record of a girl dying via poisoned clarinet read there is it kind of like how Wilson Hall was always purported to be haunted but there's like no record of yeah yeah, it's just something where people are like oh that's totally haunted and it's like well the person who was supposed to have died there doesn't actually exist yeah so it's like it's spooky. still haunted or do we just like spooky things it's, it's spooky when it's nighttime so ergo it's haunted yeah wilson yeah. hall was at our college yeah and it's like the it main building haunted yeah. vibes it does yeah it definitely it's old does. and the bathrooms are really narrow yeah yeah i mean i saw a bunny man outside of it my <laughs> freshman year like just, just a man dressed up as a rabbit it was like, not halloween for the record it was not halloween it was a man dressed up in a rabbit and his the paw was like bandaged up and bloody I love it. I had to take like a detour around the building. <laughs> <laughs> Tasha, there was no man there. There haven't been bloody man missing legs here in 4,000 years. <laughs> oh, my. Texas was plagued by child disappearances in the early 1900s, like literally everywhere else. <clears throat> the culprit came to be known as the Candy Lady. Someone would leave candy on children's windows and lure them out with a note promising more candy. And each note was signed with love, the candy lady. 
Ooh, and, candy. <laughs> I know, right? Let's go see. Let's hear you. And we have her number. We'll call her up. Eventually, a farmer found rotten baby teeth in a candy wrapper at the edge of one of his fields. When the police investigated, they found the body of a young boy whose pockets were filled with candy. Fact or fiction? Hmm. Fiction. I'm also going to say fiction. Yeah, it's fiction. Oh, thank God. That's just... <laughs> Clapping. No rotting yeah. baby teeth no here. No, no dead babies. No, no, babies. no dead children. No creepy women who, like, I'll have more candy for you later. Yeah, I have evidence that this is fake out in my van with a bunch of candy if you guys want to come. And there's puppies there. It's really fun. Now, this is a pervasive urban legend in Texas, but I did a lot of digging because... There was at least one source that was like, this is totally real, but it may have been bootlegbetty.com. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, bootleg Betty, I, I can't trust you on this. So there's no historical record of children actively disappearing, but sure. there is a candy store in New Mexico called The Candy Lady. Okay. So when you Google The Candy Lady, mostly you get like, do you want to order some fudge from New Mexico? <laughs> you can. <laughs> I kind of want to. Hmm. Yeah. Sponsored by Candy Lady of New Mexico. <laughs> Today's sponsor is Candy Lady. She looks really nice. There's like news articles about her and she's like standing outside her store like, I make candy and I kidnap children. Like that. Please don't <laughs> see me, Candy Lady. Us. You were so kind to sponsor us today. <laughs> <laughs> Pay us in candy. <laughs> oh, I love fudge. Oh, fudge. <laughs> in the 1920s. <laughs> The U.S. government took drastic steps to deter Americans from violating prohibition. In the face of people stealing industrial alcohol, the wound disinfectant kind, the feds started poisoning its reserves of alcohol. That way, any thieves would quickly learn their lesson. And sure enough, they did. Thousands of people died before prohibition was repealed as a result of the poisoned alcohol stash. I want to say fiction, and if anyone died during Prohibition, it was because they tried to make alcohol and they did it wrong. <laughs> I'm going to say fiction as well. You're both wrong. That's a what? real oh, thing no. that the U.S. government did. <laughs> I mean, okay. This yeah, I came to be known as the Chemist War of Prohibition, and nearly 10,000 people died of poisoned alcohol by 1933. That's messed wow. up, but uh, I guess yeah, the government has done some pretty fucked up shit in the past. Yeah, not great. Not great. Just not let them steal your industrial alcohol. Just make more. It's not that hard. It's not like you're drinking it. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I was like, this is fake, right? And Buzzfeed was like, oh, you sweet summer child. Damn, oh, my lord. Cryogenics. Damn. You, oh, sorry. We're still processing right, like, the poison no, alcohol, no. and I'm like, let's go. Let's forget that that happened. Okay, cryogenics, cryogenics. Cryogenics. Let's do it. Could afford to take a page out of Vermont's books. In the late 1880s, during a particularly rough winter, a poor family could not afford to feed and clothe everyone in the family. They made the hard and, frankly, gross choice to yeet the oldest members of the family into the woods, where they promptly froze. But when spring rolled around, the elders miraculously thawed. Stranger still, they had survived. Fact or fiction? So I want to say fiction. However, I know that at least in Japan, and I'm sure in America and other countries in the older times, um, that, yeah, 
yeeting your grandparents into the woods was not an uncommon thing. I'm also going to say fiction. It's fiction. They did yeah. no yeeting. Oh, thank you. I put in my notes, obviously this would just kill people. Please don't yeah, I was like, your you elders. can't call them out, but no. I know that people do yeet, or maybe not now, but did yeet the old. And yeah, the older. it's entirely possible they yeeted the elders. Yeah. The elders were not okay, though. No, they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Who would be? A couple hit it big while out walking their dog. While on a remote stretch of their property in California, they found an unidentified hoard of gold coins. Upon assessment, the coins were found to be worth in excess of $10 million, and the couple became millionaires overnight. Ready for even more excitement? Sure. The gold was rumored to be the result of an early 1900s heist from the San Francisco Mint. Interesting. Back to fiction. So... While I process this, when you were saying you an unidentified horde, I thought you were going to say unidentified horse. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> they literally hit it big because horses are so big. Horses <laughs> are so big and unidentifiable. <laughs> it's like a man walks into a bar and says, ouch. A couple ouch. walked into a horse and says, ouch. <laughs> uh, what, it was, did you give us a year? A time frame? Uh, no. The heist was in the early 1900s. I did not give you a time frame on the couple. I, this sounds fun. Can uh, let's say real fact. Yeah, I want it. I want it to be true. Fact. It is true. Wow. Wow. I want that. Damn. So this is called the Saddle Ridge Horde, and the couple is known only as John and Mary because they found it on their property, and they were afraid that if they came forward and they were like, "It's us, John and Mary Billings," him, they're. This property would just be swarmed by treasure hunters, which uh-huh. makes sense. Because, like, yeah. you find a gold coin hoard, everybody's going to want a piece of it. Right. So they ended up selling most of their so-called hoard through Amazon's collectible store. And it was the first major sale of coins made through that medium. Wow. Uh, they did keep some for family heirlooms. But in 2014, which was a year, this all happened in 2013. So a year after they found the coins, the U.S. Mint came forward and they said this probably wasn't a result of the 1901 heist of the San Francisco Mint. Interesting. Yeah, because the coins were all of different denominations. And the the Mint was like, if it had been us, it would have all been like the same, like $20 coins all the way through. But it was a bunch of different ones. But also Saddle Ridge Horde. Not the Saddle Ridge horse. No, but <laughs> saddles, good go. <Saddle>. Oh. <laughs> Horses do go with saddles. <laughs> That's so, okay, I didn't realize I was so like recent too. I know, I'm like, how did I not hear about it? I love people finding treasure in places that right? you don't expect treasure. I also love people finding dead bodies where you don't expect to find dead bodies. Like that story sounds like um, your, what, great grandma who had the dream about oh, yeah. the buried in the so, backyard. My great-grandma's cousin. So my great-grandma was a super religious woman, basically raised that side of the family in the town from Footloose. Like, literally, we're not allowed to dance, go to movies, whatever. (laughs) But her cousin, when he – her husband died abruptly. And, you know, it was back in the day with the Great Depression where nobody trusted the banks. And he had, you know, buried a bunch of money. And she was like, well, I'm never going to find this. But that night she had a dream. And she dreamt that her husband came back, grabbed her arm, and led her out to the backyard and, like, pointed at a spot. And the next day she woke up, she went out to that spot, she dug, sure enough, found all his money, and the part of her arm that he had grabbed in the dream was shriveled forevermore. Ooh. But that wasn't in 2013. And, and then she also found a horse. And then she also found a horse made of $20 bills. 
<laughs> she actually dug up the grave and it was just it was it was just a horse. <laughs> he was like, I just wanted you to see this really cool horse. I'm really into horses. <laughs> oh god. Oh, god. <laughs> oh man, I hope someone comes back as a ghost to show me a horse. Yeah, I, was I actually don't, say, like, I don't like horses. They're too I, big. They are too big, but I was gonna say, like, if one of us goes first, um, we're showing each yeah. other horse we have an agreement if one of us dies before the other one they come back to prove that ghosts are real because for me that'll be a big deal because i don't believe in ghosts for sasha she'll be like i told you but (laughs) now part two of that is i'm back now let's go look at some horses (laughs) (laughs) all right you ready for the next one yes if the great gatsby were remade as a horror movie it might look like the hayden family In the early 1800s, William Hayden, a wealthy landowner in Vermont, was a self-made man, meaning he got a bunch of money from his mother-in-law to establish his business. (laughs) You know, self-made. Self-made. When she mysteriously fell ill after William hadn't repaid her and she confronted him about it, she accused William of poisoning her and with her dying breath, cursed the family. Sure enough, the family fell prey to financial disaster and illness. Fact or fiction? Mm. What year was this? Uh, early 1800s. Early 1800s. Okay. Uh, fa- fiction. I'm going to say fact. It is fiction. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, God, so bad at this. Fudge. <laughs> ah, fudge from the candy lady in New Mexico. <laughs> candy lady. Definitely not poison. <laughs> So William Hayden was a wealthy landowner and his house is now on the register of historic places, but there is no record of him poisoning his mother-in-law and thus getting cursed. Okay. So, you know, kids these days don't know how to have fun. Unlike the Victorian aristocracy who was seized by an unusual craze orchid delirium. People were so obsessed with obtaining orchids that they would hire poor people to act as orchid hunters, scouring the rest of the world for rare species. They would even auction off particularly unusual orchids, fetching an absurd profit on their ill-gotten flower goods. Fact? Rich people, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) You know when you borrow a bunch of money from your mother-in-law and you're like, what am I going to spend it on? I know, orchids. (laughs) <laughs> oh my i'm gonna say fact i, I will that sounds so silly i want to say fact just it is a be- fact don't get me wrong i love orchids i think they're very pretty yeah. i once killed oh, and I- then revived an orchid by ignoring it sure i killed it by caring too much I revived it by ignoring it for half a year. (laughs) It's fine. I just love things too hard. I'm like that monster who's like, I would love it and squeeze it and call it George, but with plants. (laughs) So orchid delirium gradually died down. But in 1973, so over a hundred years later, the convention on international trade in endangered species of wild fauna and flora nailed the coffin shut by banning the practice of wild orchid collection because it was still happening to a degree that they were like, we got to shut this shit down. (laughs) (laughs) Because they were harvesting the world for orchids. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Rich people, am I right? Rich people. (laughs) This is what the Saddle Ridge Horde really spent their money on. They were like, give me orchids. (sighs) All right, this is the last one. Okay. You guys ready? You can Mm -hmm. redeem yourselves. Footloose may have been right, as one town found out centuries ago, 
the townspeople were seized by an uncontrollable urge to dance. They danced for days before suddenly dropping dead, typically of exhaustion, heart attack, or stroke. Ultimately, around 400 people were seized by this terrible dancing affliction. Fact or fiction. My favorite so thing is that we're all just dancing now. Yeah, so they, they couldn't stop dancing. Could not stop dancing. Time. Just It started with one person just abruptly started dancing, then everybody kind of started <laughs> abruptly dancing, and then a bunch of people died. Uh, let's say, let's say fiction. I'm going to also say fiction. You did not end on a high note. It's fact. Oh, no. What? (laughs) (laughs) So this was called the Dancing Plague of 1518, and it struck Strasbourg, Alsace, which is now a part of France. Reports vary about whether or not it was a plague with widespread death or just a weird thing with a few happenstance deaths. And historical speculation suggests that the source of the affliction was, what else? Hallucinogenic mushrooms. So people were tripping balls, danced a bunch, and danced themselves into exhaustion and died. Because it was 1518, we didn't know you had to hydrate. (laughs) Because it was... Put that on my tombstone. It was 2020 and I didn't know I had to hydrate. <laughs> and that was Under Beyond my water. Belief, Fact or Fiction. Woo! Yay, we did it. You ladies are absolutely, absolutely amazing. We just got a couple of minutes left. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, uh, I've got all the information for uh, your donors during this segment and everything. Uh, but please tell the audience where they can find your wonderful, wonderful show out there on the web. Well, when we're not dying of dancing plague, Sasha, where are we? <laughs> we are on um, most podcatchers, if not all at this point. If you find um, us not on something, please tell us. Yeah. Um, but it's Spoop Hour with a P, like spooky poop, um, not a K like kangaroo. Um, that came courtesy of one of our friends from another podcast. We're really classy. Yeah, I always think of you guys as spooky poop. And we're Okay. Um, so they're not wrong. They're not wrong. Um, we're at Spoop Hour on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram is great. Courtney, uh, Courtney manages a lot of this stuff, um, but she I'm creates little uh, visuals for our podcast because podcasts are not a visual medium. Um, Sometimes and, we do visual bits. Yeah, little visual bits, and it's, you know. it's great. Um, and then we're on Twitter. Love to talk to people. Uh, yeah. And then you can always reach out to us at spoophour at gmail.com. Again, share your stories, share your mom's stories, share your cousin's girlfriend's stories. Um, just tell us about spooky things that happen. We love pet pics as well. So if you want to send us pictures of pets. <laughs> Did one of your family members die because of stealing an orchid from yeah. someone they shouldn't have stolen an orchid from? Tell us about it. I did find out um, a gal in my meetup group, Her, the person who founded the company she works for, died while searching for Bigfoot. Sorry, not Bigfoot, a Yeti, but still. I mean, in our Yeti episode, I think we established that Yetis and Bigfoots are sort of like... Yeah, they're, they're basically <laughs> the same thing. But I, think, I can't remember if he was in the Himalayas on his expedition. He was somewhere, but he died because he did was he, looking for a Yeti. Did he Did Yatlov uh, pass? No, not there. But she was like, yeah, he went out and we don't talk about it a lot, but he was looking for a Yeti. <laughs> That's so funny. Can you imagine finding out the place you worked was founded by someone who went looking for yetis and did not find Mm. them or did find them and met their end? Yeah. Well, we don't know, right? Just don't know. He very well could have just 
gone down with the the truth right it's true yeah the anyway there. if you want to check us out i did have another quick game yeah. that was going to be for today but since we're out of time come to spoop hour we'll probably do that one on a future episode yeah and you can Would hear you me terribly it? mispronounce irish things i'm so yeah. sorry <laughs> is it, is, it was the featured creature game yes so yeah. it's called the featured creature where i do a monologue as a cryptid and she makes tries me guess to... what it is. Yeah. And I'm always very bad at it. So she gives me clues to s- pronounce it phonetically. And then yeah. I like just very slowly <laughs> pronounce it with a question mark at the end. The best <laughs> one. Oh, you got it. The best one was when I said, it's the dancing tree from Marvel. And Sasha goes, Groot. And I go, and <laughs> it's another word meaning regional dialect. And Sasha goes, y'all. <laughs> And that was, of course, the mythic monster, Groot, y'all. Oh, my. Oh, my. There's actually Groot slang, which lives in caves in, I want to say, South Africa. Yeah. Yeah, but it eats stuff. It's just like a big-ass snake. You know. Groot slang. Not Groot. (laughs) You ladies are absolutely wonderful. So the top donor during your segment was Maka68. Hey! So congratulations. Um, you're going to get uh, all of the wonderful swag. The the ladies here are going to send to you. Plus, you're going to get some EFG stickers and magnets as well. So we're going to send that stuff out to you. And um, don't forget, everybody out there uh, that's watching, anybody that donates today will be entered to win uh, this uh, Amazon Echo Auto thing. It's a little Amazon Alexa Echo thing for your car. So friend. anybody that donates today will be entered to win that. Um Courtney, Sasha, you two are amazing. Thank you so, so much for being here again for live stream for the cure. Thanks for I having love you guys. us. This oh, is fun. We love, we love doing this. Thanks for having us again. Thank you guys. You guys have a wonderful day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Now, Thank let's you. Just, now let's just dance until we die. <laughs> <laughs> Sasha oh, no, already died. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no, I'm dying. <laughs>